Welcome back to Primal Pod and Cast, brought to you by the Arc of E Network. My name is Noah, and with me once again, Mr. Mikey Chappelle. Hey, everybody. And we are back to close out this little three-part run, the epic conclusion of the Colossus Trilogy. Uh, season 2, Episode 9 of Jendi Tartakovsky's Primal. That's what we're doing here. You know the drill. Uh, thanks for sticking around for the past... S- it's eight weeks. Yeah, no, nine, eight weeks. We've yeah. done six episodes. This will be seven because we, we combined a few together. They combined a few when they aired. We got one more next week. And then uh, we'll probably just go ahead and do a full-on wrap-up there. So uh, with that in mind, we did a lot of speculation last episode. I feel like a lot of which paid off. Uh, yep. This was this was what I would call a very satisfying end to things. Uh, one that ended up not being as emotionally devastating as I feared that it might be, and ended up really just being a good time. Honestly, uh, what did you think, sir? Overall, the exact same thing. But I went into it just very much worried for everything, and I feel like those worries were well founded because. Absolutely. Everything up to this point has been leading me to believe that no one is safe. Mm-hmm. And even, even stuff in this episode, let me believe no one is safe. But when it ended, I was like, oh, thank God. And yes, then, but also, oh, shit. Yes. I forgot we still <laughs> got to deal with that. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, <laughs> start with a very, very long um, kind of extended opening before we get back to the deck. And I'm sitting there going like, dude, like what? come on let's just pick right back up where the action happened but in retrospect i like this easing us back in and it ended up being very very purposeful to focus on how does this massive thing move Mm -hmm. we've kind of seen it from a distance just gliding through the water it's so big how's this all work and so just about the time you're you're starting to realize like oh okay obviously slave ship okay yep Boom, we're right back on the deck. And it seems like a little bit of time has passed since the end of the last episode. I only say that because the the uh, the pups, if you will, the uh, the T-Rex babies, yep. uh, they're looking a little bit bigger than last episode and very rough seeing them all uh, chained down, as are all of our heroes. And uh, basically, it's execution time. Uh a few notes because I finally caught up on the the wiki, the lovely primal wiki. This queen is known as Ima or Ima, I M A. Okay, so the evil queen, which we learned her name just in time to remove her from the table uh, as a character. So <laughs> there you go. Uh, also, the the guy I've been referring to as Colossus Number One for uh, the past couple of weeks, uh, Kama, K A M A U. Kamal, like W. Kamal Bell is is how it's spelled. Uh, I read his daughter's name and now I can't think of it. Uh, shame on me. Uh, but yeah, I don't know where they're getting these names. Maybe they're in the credits and I'm just not paying attention or I don't know, but they're on the wiki. That's what people are going with. So uh, yes, but the evil queen, Ema, has basically demanded the, the summary execution of everybody that's not her dude come on um and he's literally about to you know lop off the head of fang i had i was pretty confident in thinking like this isn't gonna happen this is no no that's not how we're gonna start 
an episode like this. But uh, it goes into the flashback of his kind of his origin story and how they were brought into the grasp of the evil, the queen, the slaver queen. And uh, I mean, nothing that we didn't already know other than these seemed like kind of a peaceful race of giants for the most part. Like they seemed pretty chill. Like they were just having a good time. Not like a particularly warlike people or anything. Just Um, harvesting. Yeah. Just hanging out. And uh, soon enough, there's some of them are in nets and there's a whole assault on the village. Uh, And we see, of course, what we already knew, but uh, yes, he's capable and yes, he could take out a lot of these dudes, but he's got something to, to, make him think twice and that's his daughter who is the the queen as we've seen is very very crafty and took him in but uh basically what he realizes in the midst of kind of thinking back to all this is like well there's no like this has been our life the whole time is under her reign if i kill them right now like i there's no shot ever these are the best like fighters we've come across presumably and so he does the right thing the badass thing and uh yep. releases fang and then we're into an extended action sequence for pretty much the rest of the episode uh of a pretty pretty daring and like i said very satisfying escape so uh any thought again we don't have to go beat by beat any any general thoughts though the only moment i wanted to highlight once we get into the craziness of all of this is uh when he has a moment, Kamal, the giant, grabs his daughter finally. And I love that in the midst of all the chaos, there's this little respite where he takes her down into the bow of the bows of the ship. And yeah. they just get to have a little moment together. Presumably the first time they've actually been able to like be in close contact with each other since she's been taken, which we presume at this point, you know, could have been years timeline wise. Like she looks well, maybe not even that long. She looks about the same age, I suppose, if we're gauging by the kid. But um, I loved that little beat again in the midst of all of this this chaos to to bring it home to an emotional point. And then we're right back into the action. But yeah. Yep. There was a lot of really great screenshots <laughs> like of all the of all the episodes. I've seen, which is all of them, in fact. <laughs> there, there were like the amount of moments that were just like really, really striking animation-wise that we got from just like those quick seconds were just really good. Absolutely. Um, uh, Fang spe- and her, yeah, Fang and her pups, and then Spear and the key. Yeah, Spear yeah. like literally tearing the the cement block out of the the deck and then yep. swinging it around at people. Uh, was very satisfying and again Mira proves to be the most capable and the most kind of cool under pressure she's the one who spots the key she's also the one who someone's grabbed a bow out of nowhere yeah she's crafty man she's crafty uh but yeah and she's the one who has the presence of mind when one of the pups gets shot with an arrow to be like okay we're this is these things are danger we need to get out of here we need to extricate ourselves from this situation and again, Spears right there behind her. Uh, they kind of jump overboard. Uh, any, uh, I mean, uh, again, it seems arbitrary to go like bit by bit. I, yeah. And everybody's seen the episode. Yeah. I just want to say when they, so they get down on the little slaver ship. Um, one of the ones we saw them fight like a couple episodes back. 
but Spear goes in, clears out the guards, releases the slaves that are on there. And, oh, this is, are they, excuse me, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. When they're in the water, we've set up this great kind of like multi-tiered action sequence now where we have Kama in the bow of the ship realizing, oh, all of my people are still here. They're how this thing's been running this whole time. And we got the, again, what I thought was arbitrary, but ended up being a great setup of the how the ship functions early on. And so we have Mira and Spear and Fang swimming alongside it. And it's like, oh my God, they, like, you know, now they're in danger from these giant oars. And of course, the beautiful cross-cutting action, just great, just great storytelling. Oh, but just as, uh, you know, it seems like all hope is lost, that's right when uh Kamal basically is able to inspire a full-on like slave revolt in the bow of the ship and all of them stop rowing they take out their captors and then it's pretty much on they they come back up they overwhelm Ema, and then but just the show knows how to give you a satisfying death dude. it's so good at first it's i so at, at first i thought he was going to just tear her in two yeah. Like he has her at this angle where he has her by her leg and her torso. And I thought he was just gonna just straight up rip her in half in front of the sunset, but almost more satisfying. No, he chucks her off of this very similar to the desk that she has doled out yeah. to people from her, her tower and everything, but throws her overboard through the, through the top of the slave ship that spear Mira and Fang are now on. And that final shot of her just crumpled <laughs> on the ground. I mean, again, you know, we we've talked about our anxiety at some at some points about reveling in the brutality of the show. This is one of those times where I was like, no, yeah. that was satisfying. That's yeah. how you that's how you give a death to a character who we have been this upset by for three episodes yeah. now. Um, I mean it was just it was a chef's kiss moment dude i was i was yeah. so so on board was, and then the the closing moment but of them looking up at him him reunited with his daughter it was like a, just a great way to like but i don't i don't think we'll ever see them again like i think that was the end of that story yeah. now maybe now maybe him and his his crew maybe they run that ship from now on and maybe somehow down the road uh, Spear and Fang need an army, and uh, some giants would be some good allies to have. So, you know, you just keep it in the pocket there. It was uh, such a tidy way of wrapping up like this three episode sequence. Yes. Well, also, like, not forgetting that there is something else coming. So it's not as episodic as it could be. And again, kind of like we talked about last episode, yeah. I was like, I think we're going to wrap this up. And then I think they're going to be like, don't forget though. Yep. And that's exactly what they did. Now, my question to you is, do you think Kamal has any sense of loyalty now or wants to repay the debt? He sees this giant, he, you know, from a distance, he sees the giant, mm -hmm. you know, the dead Viking, the reanimated Viking flame monster, Colossus, whatever we're calling him, uh, just walking across the ocean. Do you think they're gonna go help, or do you think like they're on their own? I don't, I honestly don't know. I part of me, like, 
I want to believe that they're going to show up at this like last minute, you know, mm-hmm. Battle of Helm's Deep kind of savior thing, but that's like too simple for this show. I also, I also wonder so, if we're going to see the the first tribe that uh, Spear spent the most time with. Yeah, yeah, that's um, always a possibility. That the kind of other well. other Viking tribe that seemed like they were unrelated to the more warlike ones that he was slaughtering later in the season. Yeah. So I, I still am gonna, like, maybe there's yeah. room for them to come in. I don't know. But. I think it's it's really hard to speculate at this point because I've been so focused on like this one. They're on the ship. They got to get off the ship somehow. And now they're off the ship. And I'm like, oh, I was so focused on them getting off the ship. I know, uh, and it's like that would have been a satisfying endpoint if we yeah. didn't have the lingering, you know. Yeah, and the, the, the Viking coming after him. The interesting thing is, is we have time and time again shown that this trio is so good against their fellow man. Like mm-hmm. every single man-made adversity that they come up against, they've somehow defeated and made it out alive and things are generally good this is not so i i don't know how you fight a being entirely made of fire who is not who is who is resistant (laughs) to water i don't i'm like i don't i don't know what you do with that yeah you can't punch your way out of this one and i'm not sure how they're going to address that yeah you can't bite your way out of it either i don't i don't see I don't see Fang just like chowing down on this guy. I really, I, yeah, I am truly baffled by how they are going to believably take it down, which also makes me think maybe they won't. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Let's, I mean, that's maybe this is the end of the, of their run. I don't know. Yeah. I hope that's always a possibility too. I mean, like, but I think there is more room to come back for like an, a little more fantastic experience because this whole season has been a lot more grounded in reality absolutely than yeah. the last one but we still have the whole rage of the eight minute episode that, that that's my thought is yeah. like the only way i could see him fighting him is like does he have any of that uh yeah the eight man juice just hanging around yeah. somewhere or just find somebody to do it? i don't know like honestly I, I generally, when it comes to shows like this, I'm like always speculating. I'm just like trying so hard to like see if I can be really smart and figure out what they're going to do. But with this one, I genuinely have no idea. And also, I don't want to because I don't want to like try that hard to ruin the story for myself. Oh, absolutely. But either yeah. way, I'm super excited and wildly nervous for next week. Yes, as am I. Yeah. Next uh, week is in like is, two days, actually. <laughs> which is pretty much how yeah. we. Uh how we ride into all of these episodes so uh but yes a very satisfying conclusion i love i i again am consistently impressed by the show's ability to introduce new characters within this world make us care about them very economically and like again we went from i hate that that giant guy he killed one of these babies to like he's one of my you know favorite characters in the run of the series at this point um and like like we said earlier, you know, maybe we'd like to see him come back at some point. Maybe they they've built up a few allies ever, you know, yeah. across their journey as opposed to just a wake of destruction, which they normally do. Yeah. So I'm looking forward progress. to some callbacks. I yeah. also loved his immediate on the nose 
transition to giant fighter because when he's introduced mm-hmm. in that like flashback sequence i'm like there's something kind of off and then his eyes squint <laughs> right when, like, and you're like oh, danger, oh like oh there he is okay there it's is. so simple but it's like mm-hmm. eyes of ear did not notice that until like it happened yeah oh cool great great stuff uh I guess we could we could pause it there because I really want to talk about Rings of Power with you. I'm very curious <laughs> yeah. what you thought. I uh, so I am a I'm a big Lord of the Rings fan. I mean, formidable movies, obviously. Uh, I did read the books. I wasn't like super hype on them, but I did enjoy mm-hmm. the story and the general arc of things. Um, I watched all the episodes kind of all at once, and. Uh, there's one thing that like pushed me over the edge to okay I'm interested and it was like between every episode going back and just reading the wiki for all the characters because uh-huh. like the, the storyline is like I I recognize some and I like kind of know where they're going but then once I got a little more of the background and just the story about the Rings of Power pre Hobbit and Lord of the Rings I was like oh okay now I know what to look for and once I had once I eliminated that barrier to entry, I was kind of all in, especially after this last episode. I, I think but, three, I mean, I think it has gotten yeah. consistently better, but three yeah, was the yeah. one where I was like, oh my God, I'm so, I'm just so in now. I did. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. The, the first, it was kind of like what we were talking about. I don't know if it was on mic or not, but how you saw how they, why they released two at a time. It's like the first one. Yes. For me, it drug a little bit mm-hmm. because like the only person I knew was, Gladriel and Elrond and then two happened and I'm like oh okay stuff's happening now with this last episode I'm like all right I mean I'm I'm on the train yeah here we go I and I was talking about this with a uh I think I was talking to Alex I don't know I was talking to somebody on the phone about it and uh I think part of that first episode is like the the period of reintroduction like I in my head I was like I probably not that it matters story-wise, but like I probably should have at least thrown on fellowship just to get back in the in the groove and the headspace and yeah. the world of it all. Because I think that was my when I was sitting down to watch the pilot where I was just kind of like, all right, I don't know. And I think it's just like I haven't consumed any Lord of the Rings content in, in a very long time. Um so yeah, and then I took a little bit of a break. I watched two like a few days later, really, really liked it. And was pretty amped for three. And then three had me crying, dude, which I did not expect. Not even from like, oh, we're trying to do tear jerky stuff right here. The thing that broke me initially was it's just Galadriel and. uh, Oh, my God. Isildur's father. I'm still working on all the names. Guys. Starts with an E. Yes. I know that much. <laughs> That's only because I read it an hour ago. <laughs> but they ride out to like, you know, she's she's yeah. chasing after more details on mm-hmm. uh on the sigil that she's seen and everything, eventually realizes it's now. Um, but yeah, it's just that slow motion shot of them riding to that location. Yeah. And it's like a minute and a half long sequence. And I was just like, dude. This is gorgeous looking. This is nailing the vibe of just like adventure and wonder and the stuff that like mm-hmm. did it for me in the original series so much. And it's also that thing of just like they're taking it seriously, dude. Like yeah. they put all of this effort into it and they're just they're in it. It's not it, there there's no winking at the camera here or anything. It's like 
This is yeah. what you want out of this shit. That just that got me. And then the shit with the Harfoots, dude. At the yeah. end of at the end of the episode, the reading of like all the people they've left behind, the whole like setup of how the caravan works, all that stuff. And then if it's done right, man, I, I'm I'm always a sucker for friendships being forged like yeah. between unlikely people and the, like just how well, that was like the how, whole premise of the of fellowship, the right? Exactly. Like, and that's yeah. that's why people liked it. I was yes, which is why. It's, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, sorry, sorry to cut you off. I was more interested in the show not because of the story that they were trying to tell, but just because of like the production value. Mm-hmm. Like if you tell me like this is the most expensive TV show ever made, I'm gonna be like, oh, I got to see what they're spending their money on. And it's very no expenses. Screen, I yeah. think. I yeah, really it's, think it's so. Dramatically paying off. They feel really ambitious, but not like they're trying too hard. I guess like it, it's really well thought out, and yes. the worlds are simple enough to kind of ease your way into which is nice um again like my biggest thing was just not knowing where in the span of time we I've were had, in relation i've to had a lot of questions from yeah. like what i i mean i and i consider myself a fairly casual fan as well like i said i've read the original trilogy but i i tried to read the silmarillion when i was in high school and i yeah. that's when i tapped out on the extended world yeah. and appendices etc yeah. uh the, the wiki breaks it down real nice without mm-hmm. giving away too much, which I thought was really cool. I just, what I think I really needed, like the only thing that was holding me back from really liking it was just time is just such a strong concept because elves are immortal. So yes. when you say it's like X amount of years before the events of Lord of the Rings, I just didn't have a frame of reference for what that meant. Yeah. And then and you're, with the... And- <clears throat> Granted, the show is the show is crunching down timeline wise a lot of that because Mm -hmm. they didn't want to be doing this like, all right, so season one's over and now (laughs) now thousands of years have passed. Remember all those (laughs) characters you just met that are like humans and dwarves? They're all dead. Here's the two elves that are still around (laughs) and they didn't want to do that. And I I I get that. So I'm sure there's going to be some you know yeah. lore hounds who are very upset by that but yeah but at the same is. time it's just like it's it's supposed to be for everybody you know like yes you're trying to reach a new audience like if this was my first introduction to that whole thing like if i was somebody that just never heard of or seen lord of the rings and i watched these three episodes i would be now kind of interested to see the movies and oh, absolutely. I would, yeah. And i feel like if i went back and watched the movies retroactively i would not be disappointed because they somehow are lining up thematically like with the dialogue and with the way they're shooting the actors and everything it's just it feels really consistent i think it is is an incredibly well-written show for the for the world that it's portraying if you will like there are very like there's a lot of flowery language but then there's Mm -hmm. these things like every once in a while these themes are these like one-liners that will just like kill you because they're so they have so much depth to them and they feel like, you know, yeah, this is a, this is a Tolkien line that he like, you know, stewed yeah. over for months or whatever, but it has that quality while managing to differentiate itself from like mm-hmm. a game of, you know, game of Thrones yeah. or a wheel of time or any of these other, fa- like it feels like yeah. Lord of the Rings. It feels like Tolkien to me. Yeah. Um, that, uh, oh gosh, what was I going to say? 
Oh, we are we allowed to speculate? Oh, I, by all by all means. The stranger's definitely that's, Gandalf, right? That's what people are saying. So there's a lot of things at, at play right now that I think are interesting mysteries that like yeah. I didn't think were going to be like engines for the show, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, I'm kind of leaning towards that. But I could see them doing some twisty twisty shit. I don't know. Yeah. There are. Again, I'm, I, I need to do a refresher on this. There's only like five wizards, period, right? Yeah. It's yeah. like Gandalf, uh, Sauron. And three others. I can't. Who's, Radagast. Radagast is, is in and The Hobbit. Two other ones. Two more. That are is, both assigned to blue. Yes. But yeah. Exactly. So part of me is like, okay, well, clearly, yeah, we're in wizard territory. Yeah, it would make the most sense establishing a a relationship with what will eventually, you know, they're mm-hmm. essentially one breed of hobbits that will yeah. eventually become the hobbits we know. But the Harfoots, it would make sense to like establish that relationship. Yeah. But maybe it's Saruman, dude. That maybe is also it is, a and maybe it's maybe it's a different move, and we we see maybe yeah. it helps to reframe him as more of a tragic character which i think he's was always yes. kind of meant to be but when you come into him in lord of the rigs or in fellowship rather it's just kind of like oh shit he's really bad i didn't see this yeah. coming but it's like you didn't know him you didn't get him and gandalf as buddies before him mm-hmm. so that yeah. could be something interesting to play with yeah. the other That's thing actually a really is, great is who is sauron in human form because he yeah. could be several characters right now um and that is that's a lingering thing of course that he comes in the fair version of himself and so i keep hearing that and i'm like well i know every like most females watching the show are like oh how brand oh my god this is our dude and i'm like well it would be perfect if he ends up being fucking sauron (laughs) or it's a big sauron rather and is you know is really evil but those again, those things are all lingering. But you, uh, sorry, yeah. I wanted to bring it up earlier. You, uh, you were talking about the elves and the concept of mm-hmm. time and everything. One of the moments in the second episode that really got me and kind of solidified, like I think I'm really liking this, uh, was when Elrond goes to uh, to see uh, Durin, right? Yep. Yep. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. In. Kazadoom, which we've seen, I love that we've seen the just you know the destroyed yeah. version. We have this one version of it in our heads, where but then when yeah. he walks in to see all of that, like in its former glory, I was like, yeah. it's crazy. I was like, I haven't watched Fellowship in like six or seven years, but I was like, yeah. but I know the layout and the geography of this, and yeah. like they're mm-hmm. nailing it. Like, oh my god, this is great. Yeah. But they have that moment on the elevator where he kind of reveals he's like. You know, I had a whole life in the last 80 years. Mm-hmm. And for you, it was like two seconds or whatever. Yeah. You're just upset that like I thought I had a friend and then you just kind of fucking forgot about me. Yeah. And I thought that was just such a great illustration of the differences and how time is experienced by these different races yeah. and everything, but also how that would be like a point of tension ultimately between the elves and like all of the other cultures, yeah. because it's like yeah, we all sit here and toil to like keep our civilizations going, and you guys are just here 
for fucking ever. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, it, it's got to be frustrating. Yeah, it it seems to everybody else like that. Like the indifference of the elves is its own thing, which is probably no one likes them. But also, if you're right. immortal, then like these trivial year to year problems are not coming mm-hmm. up. It's honestly today what got me was the introduction of Isildur. Mm-hmm. When I I'm like, oh, young dude, I know exactly what you're going to do. Right and now, I have this like nice little frame of reference for what the story is going to tell which is kind of weird i don't know I'm, I'm a guy that if i'm bored with a movie i'll just wikipedia the plot and uh-huh. just see where it goes and i'll explore the ending for myself and then i'll just watch the rest of the movie and see how they do it um that's a very interesting approach i'm curious some yeah. of the movies you've done that with uh yeah for good or for good or worse <laughs> it's, but, it's uh, really just movies that again I'm, if it's dragging out then i right. just like want to do it um i think the last one i did it for was tenant but that's really just because i didn't understand it and i had to watch it twice to- totally before fair. i figured it out however uh with this one having that like having that just one character along with reading wiki i was like okay this is i'm now compelled like because mm-hmm. you know what's going to happen and like oh you see all these relationships forming also i read a screen man article um, about you know the Gandalf theory and how it would explain his I guess preference for hobbits in that oh, relationship yeah, yeah. is like and then I thought just now like oh that's cool because now there's all these other questions that will get answered potentially by the show that I had about fellowship and the entirety of like Lord of the Rings yeah so I and apparently we've got it at least guaranteed five seasons in which they're going to explore that so it's like 50 am, hours of television i know I, and dude i like these like ex, i mean the episodes are substantial and i think the other yeah. thing that was very encouraging is you get to episode three and we never circle back to elrond and what's going on with him we never check in with Celebrimbor, yeah. and i'm like that's that is when the world truly starts to feel expansive is when you get yeah. to those like later you know it happens it starts happening in like season two of game of thrones but where you have like yeah. a whole episode where you're in like one corner of the map checking in on just like one or two plot lines and then it's like well i don't know what i'm gonna get this week are we gonna find yeah. out what happened and i i like that because then you can play around with time you can do the yeah. like Oh yeah, last time we saw them, but here's where they are now. So that's uh, yeah, that's something if I look forward to them playing. If it's done there. well, which I think they've been doing it well. So I think far. they, I think they've um, been very well paced, yeah. and they, yeah, they've done a good yeah. job of not of choosing what to use as like cross cutting points and stuff that they will yeah. intermingle. Versus like I liked that when we got to the Harfoots this episode, that was yeah. it. It was like now it's time for the Harfoot show, like. Yeah. And I kind of like that it's segmented. And then, of course, eventually, I don't know how much that's going to happen this season, but a lot of these threads and these independent stories will start to slowly creep together. Yeah. And that's, of course, what I really look forward to. Yeah, it's a really good way to tease it. I was I was nervous when I started episode three because it's like, what, an hour and ten minutes? Yeah, I think it's the longest thus far. Pretty yeah. Sure. And uh, I don't feel like my time was wasted not at I, all yeah right I, I feel there's because a lot of times with these hour-long things I, I say this about every show it's an hour long like if you're gonna make me sit and watch for an hour i want to be entertained for that hour yes uh, but right now they have enough threads in place that are all interesting in their own right 
that I want to see where each one of them goes. So I don't mind having to wait till next week to see what's happening with Elrond because, yeah, hey, I'm like, I've got this other storyline that I can think about now. How are you finding it? Um, as a compare, not again, every everybody's comparing them. Yeah. But how are you finding it as a watching experience? Because so you now binge three of these and you've been watching House of the Dragon week to week. Yeah. I guess my question is, what are you more excited for Friday or Sunday this week Ooh. based on where you're at with each of these shows? Yeah. Don't tell my girlfriend, but it's probably Friday. At Hell this point. yeah. That's what um, I like to hear. Yeah. It's not uh, that I'm here to hate on House of the Dragon, which I plan on binging uh, yeah. basically as soon as October is over. Yeah. Um, it's a, I mean, House of the Dragon is doing its thing, but like, I think just it's like one storyline pretty much. You know, you don't have all these options and like a bunch of different characters. Now, granted, House of the Dragon is going exploring the relationship between this one storyline in depth and interesting things are happening but i think there's just more interest for me personally in rings of power than house of the dragon but again i'm only like four episodes in one three episodes in the other so it can go either way at this point but right. yeah but game of thrones has had a history of just letting me down hard so <laughs> i think i'm a little more tentative on that one right um yeah, it's uh, it's hard to say. I, I think like House of the Dragon is okay, and it's only because my expectations were so low to begin with that any mm-hmm. decent passable attempt would have just satisfied me in that sense. So well, I think once uh, once once I watch episode five of both shows, I'll have a more definitive answer. Fair enough. Well, this week, the day I'm most excited for. Is actually Thursday because we get two episodes of the start of the final season of Atlanta season four. Uh, so Man, I need to keep up on that too. I'm like, it's going to be a good weekend. Yeah. If you never, yeah. if you never finish three, I, I recommend binging yeah. through. Uh, it's I'm still crazy to me that four. we got that both of the seasons dropped this year and then it's just going to be done. But uh, I look forward yeah, I- to seeing how it all wraps up i don't mind termination points in shows if they did if they had a good run yeah i mean in my opinion we're talking about one of like the five best shows in recent television history so uh i think it's going to go out on a very strong note very excited for that and uh i have got to get back on reservation dogs and i've got to finish what we do in the shadows as well behind on both of those but uh just finished so much content yes and in the midst of all of it just finished season three of breaking bad once again uh because i'm doing my rewatch so yeah kicking off season four tonight uh i officially i think i've officially gotten my girlfriend hooked she (laughs) we watched three in a row last night because it was the final three of season three which for anybody who's familiar with breaking bad uh that's kind of one of those stretches where it's like, oh, well, I can't like I can't not watch the next yeah. one. Like I have to every episode of that season. It's like that, including yeah. the finale. But we had yeah. to go to bed. So, yeah, my uh, problem with Breaking Bad was I just got so hooked that I burnt myself out on it. Uh huh. I just like I think it hit there was the uh, 
I forgot what season it was in. This was the episode with the fly. He's season three. Trying, yep. Yeah, yeah. Watched that to, uh, two nights ago. Yeah, yeah, he's trying to find the fly, and I'm just like, if I hadn't watched seven hours of this all day previously, I would have just kept watching <laughs> the series. Right. But I had, and I was tired, and I was like, you got to be kidding me. And then I just slept on it for a year. And then I went back and rewatched it and just didn't stop until it was finished. Okay. Um, That fly episode, of course, is very divisive with the fandom. Shockingly, directed by Ryan Johnson, who's no stranger to controversy (laughs) surrounding franchises that people love. Um, But no, I remember that episode at the time. And I remember uh, subsequently, it's one of those that some people are like, Oh yeah, that's that's easily the worst episode of the show, right? Yeah. Like it's a bottle episode. It feels like it doesn't yeah. connect to anything. And I remember at the time still thinking, I'm like, yes, okay. They yeah. 100% did it for budgetary reasons. They needed yeah. to save money this season. So they shot mm-hmm. one all in this one location. But the fact that they gave it to Ryan Johnson, one of my favorite filmmakers, by the way, I'm a huge Last Jedi defender, but um, that they gave it to him and just let him go nuts with all the different camera setups and stuff that he could do. And meanwhile, that episode is so important for reestablishing the relationship between Walt and Jesse reminding us about the Jane of it all from season two and where they kind of all stand on that. Like it's a very important episode, even though it doesn't read as such at the time. Again, I wouldn't have minded it so much if I just hadn't spent like, my entire no. saturday watching breaking bad no yeah, i so i think on a week-to-week basis i still believe it's one of the greatest shows ever made but undeniable yes. yeah but just like having such like inundated with myself like can you imagine watching a play for seven hours like even if it's really good <laughs> you're gonna need a break in a certain point. that's true um so. just random side note are you a twin peaks guy i am not um but my girlfriend is, and I've been told by everybody I need to do it. But again, it's one of those things where just if I watch it and I'm going to like it, and my time is so limited. <laughs> but 2023, baby, <laughs> um, not in school. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. It's, I mean, with the entirety of it taken into context, I, including the return, season three, if you will, from a couple of years ago. It's my it's my favorite show. Like I think it's the best best thing ever. Uh, my favorite piece of art like that I've ever seen. So I highly recommend that you do that at some point, particularly just yeah. so you can get to the return, the eighteen yeah. hour uh, David Lynch movie from a couple yeah. years ago. Um, but yeah, I feel like you would really dig it. And October is always yeah. a good time because it's yeah it's spooky season. I've That's actually. I'm so excited for it. I put up my Halloween decorations today because my neighbor did. I'm like, nice. Yeah, Yeah, dude. As soon as you got an excuse. Yeah. And it was also 63 degrees up here. So I'm like, yep, it's happening. But it was actually, it's interesting to bring that up because I've been listening to a lot of audiobooks lately while I'm just like walking the dog. And like, that's Mm -hmm. what I've been getting into. And uh, I was reading or listening to, I guess, is it still count? I'm going to call it reading. It still counts. Like, I got the information. Yeah. Right. Uh, reading hey, some Bob people Iger. are visual learners and some people yeah. are auditory yeah. some people learners. i just have to listen to information outside while the dog shits but, <laughs> but i was reading a bob Iger's book just because mm-hmm. you know i'm a huge disney fan and uh 
I just want to see like what the inner workings of the company are like. Like, what does a CEO of Disney even do? Right. And uh, he was just basically going through his career. He started with ABC, and he's the one that fought for the Twin Peaks pilot mm-hmm. because the network wasn't going to put it on with like all these other successful, more mainstream shows. And he's the one that was like, "Huh, maybe we should try this." Which, like, again, he's also in charge of like acquiring Marvel and Pixar and all that stuff. So. It was interesting to me that like that guy that eventually would run Disney was the guy that like this clean cut, just white suburban American was the guy that was like, no, we should put Twin Peaks on TV. Yeah. Like we need to pick this up. Dude. Yes. Incredible. Yeah. I, I, part of me is like, yeah, I kind of miss the, like, where are the decisions like that getting made today? Like, yeah. can we, can we keep doing that? Can we keep yeah, There needs to be a happy medium though. Cause like you had Netflix at Greenlit everything under the sun yeah and then people passing up on other brilliant shows that had to find homes in other places mm-hmm. like the cancellation of brooklyn the preemptive cancellation of brooklyn 99 was what really got me like i thought people loved my, this show my biggest like upset casualty which is so weird because it was like oh okay in in today's climate of like anything that's ip related it's a gold mine right yep the high fidelity series that they did on yeah, Hulu. I forgot about that. Yeah. And I, again, I kind of love that. Dude, I had my guard yeah. up so hard. I love that movie. I yeah. love that book. And I was like, I don't know, but I gave it a chance because it was like, dude, I love Zoe Kravitz. I like the creative team. It seems like they know what they're doing. Okay. I adored the first season of that show. Yeah. I thought it was such a great like reinvestigation of the book and the movie yeah. and the way it swirled them together and still yeah. was its own thing. And I was so excited for like where it was going to go. Yeah. And then it just unceremoniously canceled. And that was when I was yeah. like, oh, well, surely somebody will save it though, right? Like, yeah. you know, somebody else will pick it up. Maybe it'll end up on Netflix. And then just yeah. it's just gone. It's just gone. Yeah, what a bummer, dude. Yeah, I know. I do I remember like that was like one of the first shows I got into, like when quarantine was happening. Mm-hmm. And then Tiger King came up like right in the middle of it. Yeah, that whole that <laughs> spiral. Yeah, man, that was that was what a wild that was time. A time. Entertainment. Yeah, yeah it, it was. It feels like forever ago. Yeah, it really wasn't in nature. Were, but no. did you ever watch AP Bio? Uh, no, 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 I have not. That was another gem that like had it been allowed to run longer probably could have developed into something awesome mm-hmm. i i see I why love I, howerton so yeah, i need to check it yeah. out at some point Patton oswald was also a gem too in that one um yeah but i think i mean it was probably a smarter move because it's one of those things where i'm like how does like how do people not love this and i just realized that oh yeah you don't have to like everything that i like yeah so it's always just it's hard when you find a show that you feel like was tailor-made for you and you love it and you're like ah i am the niche audience absolutely man my cobra kai is the ultimate obviously (laughs) me and my brother constantly are like they made it for us and it's like well they actually made it for like millions of people because it's a huge hit and people love it but like um the last thing i think that like direct i felt like every once in a while I have that experience where I'm like, I feel like the writers of this crawled inside my brain, scraped out my own internal thoughts and then (laughs) regurgitated it back to me in a, in a way that I could never fully articulate myself, but like they just did it. Did you watch love 
the Netflix series. Oh yeah. You're Paul right. Rust and Gillian yeah. Jacobs. That was so good. That there were so many moments in that where I was just like, this is a, like uncomfortable how much I feel yeah. where I'm just like, I feel like they've been in my, in my life, like a fly on the wall. And then yeah. they put it in a TV show and I was just like, what the fuck? And that happened for three seasons with that show. And it ended right when it wanted to and ended yeah. brilliantly and perfectly. But you want to talk about, again, that still felt like at a time when like the, the Netflix output was somewhat manageable. And yeah. it was like, oh, okay. I was like, I like Paul Ross. And they were also kind of vaguely. It's an, yeah, it's an also Apatow related it. show. Yeah. And there wasn't that much other stuff on. And I just, I was an early adopter. I loved it. And it was great. And then I'm just, I feel like now I'm like, would I even find that show again? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, would there be enough word of mouth about it for me to even mm-hmm. know it was out there? Because yeah. I feel like stuff like that would just fall through the cracks. I, I don't know, man. But yeah, yeah that, is, that was a, uh, a, life, a life changer. One of those no, for me I agree. that I have not rewatched since it ended. Uh, because would, it was just such back. a perfect experience. But yeah, I really, I'm just talking about it now. I'm like, yeah. I definitely want to rewatch that show. Yeah. That first season was just right up. Like the whole Andy Dick subplot thing. Oh, yes. Like, hanging All, out with Andy Dick. And to that point, like, where the hell's Paul Russ, dude? Like, give like give that same creative team another crack at something yeah. like i'm kind of like where is it but it, it felt really similar to crashing on hbo did you see that pete Holmes show i've seen bits and pieces i have not finished yeah. crashing it's got kind of the same vibe mm-hmm. in the sense of like the story moves forward in the same way but they're both appetite productions so gotcha. obviously it has its touch um crashing is a little more self-indulgent because it's mm-hmm. like a fictionalized story of pete holmes life but it's still it hits all the same beats and it's just as funny so if you're looking to fill a void, that would definitely do it. I should give it a shot. Gavin is a huge uh, crashing fan. So yeah, I should give that one a shot. Um, all right, man. I think we'll put a pen in it for, uh, for this week, but uh, we're, you know, enjoying rings of power. I haven't started house of the dragon yet. We're looking forward to the, the end of primal. It's going to be sad to see yeah. it go, but very amped at the same time. And then, uh, I don't know, dude. Maybe you and I will uh, we'll have to figure it out. But maybe we just keep this go, keep this going. But we just transition it into like a just a weekly TV check in bullshit session oh, yeah. of whatever we're doing. I'm really well, good at that. And yeah. plus, I've got all this back catalog of stuff I got to watch. And I have I go on vacation on Friday. We'll be back nice. on Monday, so all four days. And then I have a week between classes and. Uh, I also have an excess of PTO because I work from home. So I totally forgot that nice. um, PTO is a thing. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm planning on just doing absolutely nothing when I get back and just watching TV because I haven't done that so long, just like watch TV all day. And uh, I feel like I deserve it. So you do. You do. Yeah, I'm just going to, I'm going to pick and choose all these pilots you've been telling me about and see which one I'm going to actually explore. Absolutely. Um, again before we wrap and and i know you're caught up on most things i guess my biggest one especially since you have a little bit of time to binge uh we own this city on hbo is only six episodes and it is right up there for for my show of the year along with the bear which you've already seen uh but yeah we own the city absolutely incredible 
uh, that would be my number one thing that you should get to. Sweet. Yes. Put on the list. I can I can start working on that list now. Dude, so excited. The okay. Walking Dead is still on it. If that tells <laughs> how long the list is. It's a pretty is. old list. Uh, that show is <laughs> yeah. still, in fact, airing, though. I think its final season is still. Why? In the I mean, I don't know. I haven't seen it, but. <laughs> AMC's got to keep the lights on somehow, dude. Uh, what can I tell you? Sense. You know, only. Yeah. There's only like a million people watching Better Call Saul, even though it yeah. was one of the best shows of all time. Yeah. Uh, okay, until next week for Primal Podcast, I have been Noah. I'm still Mikey. And we both thank you very much for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.